The Explore Oregon podcast is brought to you by the Statesman Journal, newspaper of Salem and the state capital since 1851. I'm your host, Zachary Ness, and in each episode, producer David Davis and I highlight Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places. In this edition, we're going hunting, but not for deer or elk or even mushrooms. We're headed into the forest to bag a few nice-sized sword ferns. Yes, we are really going fern hunting. But first, here's some guitar music to get us rolling. All right, David, so for the last few weeks, I have kind of lost my mind. And I'll tell you how. I became aware of a program in Oregon's National Forests that allows you to transplant a bunch of really cool plants from the forest for free. So we're talking sword ferns, bear grass, rhododendron, tree saplings. And you can get all of these and bring them home to your own backyard. And this is great because I spend a crazy amount of money on plants since I moved into a new place. Like Oregon's plant stores could be the reason my daughters don't go to college because we've spent just too much on it. So my first question, were you aware of this program? I've been an outdoor reporter here for more than a decade. I didn't know about this program. So did you know you're a gardening guy? So, I mean, the permits to harvest Christmas trees are pretty well known. And I might have noticed a footnote, but I don't think it was something I actively pursued at all. It's weird. I don't think... And this confirmed when I talked to the Forest Service about this, not a lot of people know about this. But when you dig into it, you're like, wow, this is kind of a great economic value if you, if you play your cards right. So it sounds kind of spicy. It is, you know, once you, once you get into it. So this is a real thing. And you might kind of be saying to yourself, look, this is an outdoor recreation podcast, not the gardening hour. <laughs> um, <laughs> although I'd love to host the gardening hour. That sounds amazing. Maybe someday. But I'll say, I think this is a form of outdoor recreation because, you know, you have to get out there. You have to go exploring in the forest to take advantage of this program. Like I joked in the intro about going hunting for ferns, but that's basically what this is. It's very similar to mushroom hunting. Do you think we're stretching the definitions here? What do you think? No, I think it's fair. And as we'll see, you don't just pull over to random spots and grab the first plant you find. There's a little more nuance to it. And in there lies the outdoor adventure. True. Why don't you go ahead and lay out some of the details? What's actually involved in this process? Okay, so the official name for this program is, and it's kind of a boring title, the Forest Products Free Use Permit. Wow, I know that that's like super Super, spicy. Super official. And so it's administered by the U.S. Forest Service. So we are generally talking about the vast forest in Oregon's mountains and foothills. So here's a simple version. Go into a Forest Service office, you fill out this permit, and that allows you to take a certain number of plants from approved areas. Each forest has a different list of approved ferns, trees, hedges that you can dig up and bring home for personal use. The trick is you can only take plants from specific areas, so primarily near roads, but we'll get into those micro details a bit later. Okay, so let's address this right up front. When your story was first posted, which you can read at statesandjournal.com slash outdoors, some folks were a little worried that, you know, a program like this seems like it would really harm the forest more than help it. And then by publishing the story, you personally were responsible for sending out hordes <laughs> in Oregon's, Oregon's green spaces and just having them slash everything to hell. So what's the reality? How do they keep things from spiraling out of control? Well, first of all, wow. Way, way to sound like you really channeled like some of our Facebook readers on that one. Congratulations. Bring the heat. <laughs> so there's two things to consider. So first off, 
you're only allowed to harvest from specific areas. And in this case, it's the prism of forest service roads. Uh, go ahead and explain prism for us. Right. That's not a common phrase. No. Uh, so, no. <laughs> so that means, you know, you're driving on one of those gravel forest service roads. The prism is 100 feet, basically, on either side of the road. And it's essentially the area that they dug up when they were creating the forest. So you're not ripping ferns out of, like, virgin old growth forest. This is an area that has been pretty well developed already. A second thing to keep in mind is that, so I asked an official who runs this program, and she mentioned that, look, you know, sometimes people like over harvest bear grass in a certain area, they track that, and then they'll close off the harvest to that specific area until they can recover. So they watch this program carefully. And if you take part in the program, you can be confident you are not harming the forest ecosystem. I promise. All right, so you recently bought a new house, and you're in the midst of making the yard your own. What led you to this program to kind of populate it? Well, yeah, my story's a pretty common one from from what I understand. You know, I really like sword ferns. Like, they're just a cool-looking plant, and they a few of them, especially, like, smaller ones, grow naturally in my yard. I'm just at the right elevation. So when we decided to kind of bedazzle the shaded part of our yard, we wanted to add some more. They're just kind of perfect. They're hardy. They're fairly easy to transplant if you do it right. I heard something. I heard rumors about some program like this. And so I just do what reporters do and just start asking questions. And that led me to this goofy journey that kind of ended up with my SUV literally like overflowing with sword ferns on a couple trips out to the forest. Yeah, I guess these are plants that are already growing and thrive in our hardiness zone and our growing area. So, you know, they obviously should do pretty well in your yard if you're kind of at the same elevation. Yep. Give us an idea about what kind of plants are most commonly harvested. What are people typically looking for? I am one with the ferns. But other popular plants that people transplant are rhododendrons and bear grass especially. But each forest is different in terms of what they offer. It's, you know, what grows in that region. So the experiences you're going to have are different depending on where you go. So Mount Hood will be different than Willamette will be different from Malheur. Also, you can get one permit per year per national forest. So this isn't like a one-time thing. If you really pay attention to this, you can get a ton of plants from the different places and like over the different years. All right, let's get a, go ahead and get into it. So let's start from the beginning. If you want to take advantage of this program, what's your first step? So the first thing I would do is just be like a reporter, call the district forest service offices and start quizzing them about this program. Use the name of the permit, ask for a name of plants that are approved for harvest. Sometimes you can find it online, but it's not always super easy. So if you have a plant in mind that's not on the list, it actually doesn't hurt to ask. Again, like my wife loves trilliums and that wasn't on the list of plants you could harvest But the officials I talked to said that if you ask, they'll run it past a biologist, try to work with you. In a nutshell, do as much work as you can beforehand. Do that work over the phone so that when you go out to the offices to get the permit, you're you're prepared and you know what to do. So identify the plant you want, then you go ahead and get the permit. Can you do that online? Not as far as I can tell. The Forest Service is not technologically advanced, I guess would be the nice way of putting it. So you got to drive out to the ranger station or a headquarters, get the old-fashioned paper permit. The permit asks for your car's model, your make, your address, stuff like that. So for Willamette Valley folks, where should we head? Well, the two closest national forests and the ones that I featured are Syusala National Forest. So that's out in the coast range, kind of inland from Lincoln City, all the way down to Reedsport. 
The other one is Willamette National Forest, and that's the other direction, out in the Cascade Mountains by towns like Detroit, Oak Ridge, to the east of Salem and Eugene. The surprising thing is that even though it's all the Forest Service, there are pretty big differences in how the program works in each forest. So go ahead and walk us through getting the plants. Okay, so I went to the Sayusla National Forest office in Corvallis to get my permit. And the first thing to know is that after you get a permit, you have one month to gather your plants. So that's important because it's different from Willamette. How many plants are you actually allowed to take? So this is kind of my favorite part. So when you get the permit, they basically give you $20 of free Forest Service money. It's sort of like Monopoly money. And I think because they have to put a price on the value of the plants or something like that. But anyway, you get $20 of free Forest Service money. And it works like this. You go out and plants smaller than four feet cost $1. Those larger than four feet cost $2. So basically, I could take 20 sword ferns smaller than four feet or 10 ferns larger than four feet or some mix of the two. Does this, does this make sense, this concept? Yeah, if you've ever harvested anything else like clams, it makes sense. Take fewer of the big guys, maybe more of the little boys. Putting a dollar amount kind of makes it a little easier to grasp and you know, than like a quota calculation or something. How do you know where to start looking? That can be a tricky thing. So the day that I headed out, you know, loaded up my rig with a shovel, plant buckets, put the ferns in. But the coast range is tricky because it's a mix of county, state, BLM, Forest Service land. So it really helps to have a good map so you can tell for sure you're on Forest Service land. That's important. I'd also take the time to ask the Forest Service experts on suggestions for finding the plant you want. Now, for sword ferns, not a huge deal because they are literally everywhere in the coast range. Like you can't take a picture or, you know, throw a rock without hitting a sword fern out there. But for other species that are more rare, rhododendrons especially, ask the experts. They're going to direct you to the right place. They're, that's what they're there for. So how successful were you at first? How'd it go? Well, once I had my permit, I had a month. So I headed up northwest of Willamina onto Forest Service Road 14. It's a really great road uh, in good shape between Hebo Mountain and Niagara Falls Trailhead in the Sayusla. We talked about both places on our Coast Range podcast, so check that one out. Anyway, the fern hunting went amazingly easy. Basically, it's perfect sword fern habitat. They're everywhere. Two problems. That was deciding which ones to pick and trying to fit them all into my SUV. The truck is... A truck is highly recommended because by the time I was done, the entire inside of my rig was just overflowing with ferns. They're so much bigger than you think they're going to be. Like, these aren't the little ones. They are big mamma jammas. And basically, when I was driving home, like, I couldn't see out of one window. And (laughs) anyone who saw me would have thought I was getting, like, attacked by a green-armed alien. So you've talked about how you're only allowed to harvest plants from the road prism. Are there many good plants growing that close? Yeah, yeah, actually. So keep in mind, Forest Service roads are pretty old, pretty simple gravel or dirt roads, often built for logging or mining, you know, a long time ago. There's a ton of stuff growing right there. Sometimes it's growing in the middle of the road. So Sayusla has a list of 40 different types of plants you can harvest, from cedar saplings to rhododendrons, all that kind of stuff. And they said you can find all of it along the roads. Just take some looking. All right, so let's go ahead and move to the Willamette National Forest. That's about an hour east of Salem, heading out into the Cascade Mountains. How similar was it? Well, you got the same permit, so that doesn't change. The big difference is that instead of a month, a permit from Willamette lasts just two days. So you only have two days to pick up your plant from the time you get it. 
And instead of getting $20 of free, like, Monopoly Forest Service money, the Willamette allows 12 plants smaller than six feet tall. There also appears to be kind of a smaller number of plants that are available for harvest. Makes sense. The Willamette is a lot more frequently traveled. It's a more popular forest. But there's awesome species like bear grass. And again, it's just about doing your homework. So how is the fern hunting? Really good. Again, I mean, you can't go wrong with sword ferns in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I was lucky because I asked their experts for advice. And you want to stay in the lower elevation, so they recommend heading up French Creek Road. And that's just up the road from Detroit Ranger Station, so it was pretty nice. I could get my permits, go out and get the ferns, and it was actually, I, I bagged my limit pretty quickly. So how difficult is it to actually dig them up? Not difficult at all, um, especially just off the road. You basically take a shovel, and then you dig in kind of a circle around the base of the plant and kind of gradually, like, pop it out. Um, I tried to dig up as much of the root ball as I could, and then you put it in the bucket, and then that's what you transplant into a new hole. They do ask that you refill any of the big holes that you dig, and they also ask that you harvest from different areas. So I didn't take all the ferns from, like, one little place. I would sort of drive down the road, look for a good one, maybe pick that one, keep going. You know, it just doesn't take very long, but just don't do it all in one spot. So how is bringing all your new fern children back home? (laughs) Good. I mean, it took a long time to plant them, uh, but I ended up with 19 ferns total between the two forests. I could have taken up to 32. Um... Overall, though, I mean, when you get them in the ground, they are the best-looking ferns I have ever seen because they just grow really, really large in the forest. And we'll see how they're doing in a year or so, but I've had pretty good success transplanting these so far. Yeah, so if you're also going to go ahead and look, go out and look for ferns, fall or spring is your best time. They go dormant in the summer, and winter would kind of make for an uphill battle for the roots to get reestablished. So, and then after you get them in the ground, trim the brown or dead fronds and water them pretty well, make sure they have plenty of organic matter, and they're probably off to the races. Okay, so that's all the time we have for today. If you like what you heard, go ahead and head on over to statesmanjournal.com explore and find all of our previous episodes, or go ahead and subscribe for free on your podcast platform of choice, like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or even Stitcher. So thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.